Your great-grandparents might not recognize much about the 21st century, but if you were to bring them into a schoolroom, they'd probably recognize blackboards and rows of desks immediately. Are today's public schools stuck in the past? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here to learn about some new cutting-edge ideas for your child's education. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Revolutionary. That's one of the words that's been used to describe a report from a panel of CEOs, school leaders, and politicians that aims to rebuild our nation's public education system. Charles Knapp is the chairman of the new Commission on the Skills of the American Workforce, and he's here to shed some light on this report. Mr. Knapp, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. Before we get to some of your recommendations, let's just talk for a moment about why you believe the system is so bad now and why this whole issue is so important. There are two things going on simultaneously. One is that it's clear that the K-12 system in America is broken. That's not to say there aren't good schools and good teachers, but if you look at it in the aggregate, we've got a system that is about twice as expensive in real dollar terms as it was 30 years ago, yet the test scores are at best flat. No other business in America, no other government agency for that matter can withstand that kind of situation. And then the second is something that I think everybody in the country is increasingly aware of, and that is the world is, it's not exactly flat yet, but it's getting flatter all the time. All you have to do, for example, is look at average weekly wages in the United States, which are below where they were 30 years ago in real dollar terms. The combination of that means that if we want to sustain our standard of living as a country, we're going to have to uh, undertake a wholesale revision, both of K-12 education and the way we turn our labor force into lifelong learners. This report is really extensive and it has some fascinating recommendations. Maybe you can just hit a few of the high points of that to get us started. Well, I think what's getting the most attention is the call for a change in the way young people progress through high school. We've done extensive surveys of best practices in other countries. And anecdotally, I think we all know, we hear again and again that the senior year, in some cases the junior years in high school, are wasted mm-hmm. time from the standpoint of young people. We believe that by age 16, the majority of our young people can learn what's necessary to progress into college. So that the way that's being characterized, of course, is doing away with the junior and senior year of high school. That won't be true for all students. Some students will require more time to get the skills necessary to progress to the next level of education. And some may be such high performers that they'll stay in high school for another couple of years getting ready for selective colleges. But that's really catching a lot of people's attention. One thing I'd like to emphasize that hasn't been getting as much attention are the provisions to allow for retraining of the existing workforce. You know, the majority of workers that will be in our workforce 15 years from now are already there. And you can't ignore the fact that with the knowledge base changing so rapidly that those workers are going to have to have access to enhanced training opportunities. One of the interesting overall goals in your report is the concept of teaching kids how to distinguish between reliable and unreliable information in this age of overflowing media sources and information in general. Yeah. You know, it's a changing world out there, and our educational system essentially was constructed 100 years ago in what at that time was mostly an agrarian economy in this country. And the memorization of facts would get you a good-paying job that you might be able to keep your whole life. Well, it's much different now. The rewards in the future are going to be for 
young people and existing workers that can solve problems, that can sort through information, that can come up with innovative solutions. It was interesting at the rollout in Washington, somebody said, well, you're going to depend on tests, therefore you're going to depend on root memorization. This really couldn't be further from what we're recommending. We're recommending that American students and workers be educated and trained so that they can solve those kinds of problems. And as you said, with the amount of information out there, for example, on the Internet, you need to be able to sort out what's viable and what isn't. The report uses, in many cases, the terms creative. You used earlier the example of being able to sort out reliable from unreliable information. We think that U.S. students, if they have the right kind of educational system and workers, if they have the right kind of educational system, can be trained to be a cut above those workers in India and China. In jobs where the world is flat, though, you'd have to conclude, if we have the same skills as an Indian worker or a Chinese worker, that eventually those wage rates are going to come into equilibrium. We have to be better, and that's why we're calling for a complete system overhaul of particularly the U.S. educational system. We don't think we can do that the way it is right now. You've correctly pointed out that the threat is there. And what we're trying to do is to sound a clarion call to get people to recognize that as a threat and reform the U.S. educational system, restructure the U.S. educational system and the system for existing workers before it's too late. Our guest on InfoTrack is Charles Knapp. He's the chairman of the new Commission on the Skills of the American Workforce, and we're discussing his panel's revolutionary recommendations on how to reform the American education system. Mr. Knapp, there are some charter schools around the country that are applying at least some of the ideas in your report today, right? There are, and there are many successful charter schools. There's some that haven't been successful. We have used a little bit different approach than charter schools, although there are certainly elements of what we're proposing that are truly the best of charter schools. We're calling them contract schools, where the school districts would contract with groups that might be existing schools or might be new organizations that are formed with performance objectives, and that you'd have to meet those performance objectives. I think the typical school that we're looking at, for example, might be a group of great teachers that come together and form a school, much the way that lawyers form law firms now, a sort of a professional services firm. And what we're trying to do is talking about increasing the stature and teachers, but also them more of a school formalized the higher professionals. How likely do you think it is that we're going to see this level of reform in public education anytime soon? Well, you know, one of the interesting things about this report is that if you look at the roster of members, which includes former cabinet officers, governors, senators, congressmen, school superintendents, people that have been involved in education, you'd look at that and you say, that's not a revolutionary group. These are people that are experienced in politics and government and education, yet the facts that we've been discussing have led them to this kind of radical conclusion. At a strategic level, we think our responsibility is to get out and make this case to the American people so they understand, as we've been discussing, the threat that we're facing as a country. From a tactical standpoint, what we're going to try to do is get three, four, or five states to adopt these recommendations in their essence. Not going to look the same in every state, but adopt the framework that we're talking about. And hopefully, if those states are successful, then it'll spread to other states. We're not saying pass some big blanket piece of federal legislation. We're going to start at the state level on this.
Could it also be done on a local level, district by district around the country, which of course would be thousands of districts one at a time? I think it would depend. We're really targeting the state level, although, for example, the chancellor of the New York City school system, Joel Klein, was on this panel and Mayor Blumberg has spoken favorably about this report. If you've got a huge system like the New York City system that you could get to adopt it, you might be able to make some progress in that regard. But I think the state is the right place to start here. It would seem, and you tell me if this is a correct thesis or not, that some of these changes might be more easily made in private schools versus the public school system. What do you think? I think that might generally be true. Private schools, I believe, in total, and again, there are exceptions to this, have proved to be more nimble and flexible to issues like this than sometimes the public schools have. But we're not calling far from it for the elimination of public schools. I think we're going to have to make this case to the public school system in America. That's really the backbone of the educational system, and we're going to have to make the case that they're going to have to be flexible, too. There's a school of thought from some experts that we're putting too much pressure on children, particularly uh, younger children, preschool age and early elementary. We're putting too much pressure on them. What do you think about that in relation to this report? I'd have to say I think it's the opposite. I don't think we're expecting enough of our students. And there may be a difference between the kind of pressure for root memorization you're seeing a lot of with the high-stakes testing in schools now and a real productive learning environment where kids are pressed hard but are also having fun, fun learning. I think we're going to have to have higher expectations of our students if we're going to be able to compete internationally and that everybody's going to have to take education seriously. Any final thoughts for our listeners on this whole system of reforming education? Well, we're not naive about the radical nature of what we're proposing, but we just have, in looking at the data and the analysis that our staff did, we have come to the conclusion that this kind of change is necessary, and the full commission is dedicated to not letting this be just another report that sits on the shelf someplace. And if people want to read this report, it is available, correct? The executive summary is available on www.skillscommission.org. And if you'd like a copy of the report, it's on Amazon.com. You can get a full copy of the report there. Charles Knapp from the New Commission on the Skills of the American Workforce. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. My pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.